0: To get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello welcome
1: to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined by Armani Buckets, G.A. Wiley, Brandon Deutsch. It is a beautiful Monday, but let's uh, let's start with you, Armani Buckets, because you have officially, officially lost our bet. Um, our bet prior to the season was that the Lakers would not make it into the play-in tournament. They have. Not only are they in the play-in tournament, they are the number 7 seed. They are a win against the reeling Minnesota Timberwolves from going on into the playoff to play The Grizzlies. Uh, So now, you know, the next step uh, is for me to figure out where you're going to pay off your bet. Um, Enjoy a nice bottle of wine in front of you. It'll be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh goodness gracious! (laughs) Please stop me. (laughs) Oh my God.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, this these last two games have confused the heck out of me because the Lakers were rolling. They won both games, but you kind of stumble into the postseason now with lackluster effort. Kind of all the same, you know, inconsistencies that we've seen all season, giving up way too many easy points in the paint. Now I don't know what to think, but as you mentioned, Arash, Minnesota, you have Rudy Gobert punching Kyle Anderson. You have Jaden McDaniels breaking his hand. I don't know, but the Lakers should be favored in that game, and they are by six and a half points. We'll see what happens, I guess. It's going to be a very exciting postseason.
0: I mean, I do think the Lakers win that play. I mean, they should. Let's be real. They should win that game. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with this team. Still, I'll say it to this day. They look like they did a couple weeks ago against Minnesota, where AD had 38 and 17. They could go all the way to the finals. But... I mean, he hasn't played like that since, right? I mean, maybe he's coasting. Maybe they flip a switch in the playoffs. But as of right now, I don't think anybody can really confidently say the Lakers are going to get past the first round.
1: And here's the thing. I I, I know so many fans got so excited about this team post-trade deadline. They are what Brandon said. If you want this team to contend, if you want them to be a playoff team, um, you know, like I've said, top five defensive team I think the, the key stat there is top 11 well um, yeah but right. they, and they didn't get there unfortunately they didn't they get there they didn't but get there since unfortunately. the trade deadline they, they've been a great defensive team they've been one of the better teams in the league they, they finish out the season despite all the talk they've won nine of 11 games to close out the season again I am happy because you have to realize where this team was a year ago below 500 not even in the play-in tournament uh, this year, again, starting off the season two and ten below five hundred, right up until a couple of weeks ago, uh, not looking like they were going to make the play-in tournament. And again, the turning point, the trade deadline, the moves that that they made have made this team a very good team. That being said, I have no delusions of grandeur that this team is going to go on some kind of a postseason run and get get to the NBA finals. And you got columns in the Times saying this isn't a championship team. Like at, at what point, if you're a realistic basketball fan observer of the game did this team all of a sudden go from being a below 500 team uh team not in the play in tournament to like oh like they're a championship contending team i guess the west is wide open but i think the west is wide open in terms of there's no solid favorite however do i put them in the same class as the phoenix suns with kd with the denver nuggets with memphis even no I do think that will be a fantastic series. I do think the Lakers have the potential to beat the Suns, uh, sorry, beat the Grizzlies because, in my view, give me LeBron James, give me a a guy who's won multiple championships, give me a team that's won a championship within the past three years, as opposed to a group, Grizzlies team, which is a very good team, they've never been to the conference finals, to my knowledge, Did this group, they've never certainly not been to the finals, so I'm, I'm think that they have a chance. If you get to a game seven against LeBron James, you got to have a puncher's chance. If you're the Lakers to win that game. Um, okay. I, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because the Lakers do have to beat uh, the Timberwolves on Tuesday, but why I love that matchup and you touched on it, the dysfunction around the Timberwolves going into that last, not going into during the last game of the season, seeing it play out, um, Listen, the the number one scenario for the Lakers would have been the sixth seed and going up against the Kings, in my view. Number two, and I know people hate the play-in, or they they don't want to be in the play-in. Number two, in my view, was hosting a play-in game in front of your home fans, being a a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Timberwolves. And then you go on to the
0: Grizzlies. Um... Short term, how do we see the game on Tuesday? I mean, I think they're going to win. I do think Minnesota probably covers. I do. I think the six and a half lines a little too, just based off what the Lakers have been doing. I mean, this is like I mentioned to Raj, if Davis can be thirty eight and seventeen and be the focal point of the offense, like they could go all the way. But for me, when you enter the playoffs, once they win this game Tuesday, which I do think they they will then Ham's the worst coach in the playoffs and that's a problem because I mean no offense he's a first year coach maybe yeah. he gets better may, you know he definitely has been has had his moments where he's had good rotations and he's had his moments where he hasn't but what remains clear is there's not a consistent time like Davis should be touching the ball every possession it's not LeBron anymore even LeBron has said it. he's not the number one option it's Anthony Davis for them to be successful we need Anthony Davis to shoot 20 times a game at least at least he needs to be the focal point of the offense and then Austin Reeve should be up there handling the ball because I think you know LeBron is still obviously great, but when Reeves has the ball in his hand more, good things happen. I think that's been proven over the past month. I think LeBron's ball hogging a little bit. That might hurt the rhythm of the team.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. The question is which version of Anthony Davis are we going to get? The, the positive optimistic side says, okay, they were coasting, they didn't want to risk injury in the last two games, and they still won, and they're going to flip the switch. I do think that that's more likely than not. Minnesota, you lose McDaniels now and that makes it a really tough matchup against LeBron, but they still have veterans that they can put there. They have Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, maybe even Anthony Edwards to guard him. My concern if I'm a Minnesota fan is where are the points going to come from? Because Anthony Edwards, some nights he's 35 points and looks amazing and he is amazing. Some nights he's 17. Same goes for Cat. Same goes for Cat. So you need if you're Minnesota, the way that they beat the Lakers is if Edwards and Cat do what they did yesterday and they both have big offensive nights. Can you rely on that consistently? I don't think so. I don't think that they have what it takes to beat the Lakers. But if there's anything we know about this Lakers team is to expect the unexpected. So I do agree with you. I think it'll be a very close game.
0: Yeah. Maybe come down to the wire. We'll see what happens. And look, I don't think it's like Arash says it perfectly. I don't think it's, it's out. It's going to be a shock if the Lakers beat Memphis. I mean, I know a ton of hoopers that watch a lot of basketball that are picking the Lakers because they just think they're presently constructed. If they are healthy, if they have Davis and LeBron on the court, healthy for that whole series, they win. And when was the last time they lost a series with LeBron and Davis fully healthy? I mean, they haven't. So like the point, I mean, that that's what most Laker fans why you see these grandeurs of you know delusion right like right. it's like because LeBron has never missed the finals with a healthy superstar next to him it just hasn't happened yet maybe this is the year where this isn't the same LeBron that's I think right. that's why Laker fans Lakers Twitter is very optimistic and I just think it, it it depends on Davis we've said this it depends on Anthony Davis we know we kind of know what LeBron's going to be at this point we know he's going to step up his game a little bit in the playoffs he'll have some st- dumb mistakes because he's older. He can't shoot the way he used to be. He's never been able to be an excellent shooter, but what he is still excellent at, correct me if I'm wrong, Armand, he's the best in the league at getting to the rim still. Him or Giannis. He's up there, right? So if he can limit his three-point shooting in those, you know, the whatever you call it, three, which I will not not name, uh, the something you three, if he just cuts (laughs) those down and um, stops playing ISO ball and they have better ball movement, they have a team that can really make a run in a wide open West, but from the last couple games it just seems unlikely yeah
1: and uh, to the other playoff matchup that that is set it is locked in it is the uh, Clippers and the Suns again it looked like the Clippers were trying to avoid that 5 seed maybe slip down to the 6 seed they did not want to be in that play in tournament so it's a tough situation for them where they're kind of locked into a game at the same time that they're, I think they were observing the Pelicans-Timberwolves game as well. So they are the number five seed. They'll, they'll be going up against the fourth-seeded Phoenix Suns. The problem for the Clippers is that Paul George looks like he will be out for the first round. Now, the good news for them is like it looks like he could potentially be back if there's a game seven. He could be back if they move on. The problem is the Suns have to look good when KD is healthy, and KD will be healthy and will be there for game one uh, of that series. The other thing is, you know, listen, if it, if it goes seven, the Suns have that game at home, The same with the Grizzlies potentially there. Um, how do we see the Clippers-Suns Playoff matchup. I really hope that one of these Los Angeles teams finds a way to advance and 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 goes past the first round, but would not shock me. According, you know, my official prediction, I'm going Suns and seven. I'm going Grizzlies and seven. I I hope I'm wrong. Would great to be. Would be great to see playoff hoops. But um, I got G. Hey Wiley's Clippers going out in the first round.
3: I mean, I, I normally wouldn't be so so on the same train as you, Arash. Um, is this just due to the fact of their last, like, performance, and this is why you have this, or is this just a generalization?
1: Well, so it's, I think it's two-part. I think the Suns are really good with KD. I think, what, again, small sample size, uh, but with KD, with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and, again, I say those names, and that's kind of where it stops, to Brandon's point, and he can touch on this they're not a deep team but i like their core group i do think that they have a chance chance to get to the finals uh that being said the problem the, the the bigger problem for the clippers is that they don't have paul george and if they did have paul george i i could totally see them perhaps you know finding a way to win this series without paul george listen it's a tough ask it's a really tough ask and again we got to go back to 2021 and, you know, people want to knock Paul George. When Paul George put that team on his back, when Kawhi goes down and that series against Utah was tied 2-2, two, two, put that team on his back, won uh, game five in Utah, blew up the Jazz in game seven, really pushed the Suns, could have won that. Uh, so not having Paul George, I think, in the series, will be huge. So give
0: me the Suns in seven. Yeah, I agree. I do think it's Suns in seven, but I would not be shocked if the Clippers win in six or seven. I would not. And I I know Armand's probably, I mean, he loves the Clippers. I think it's going to be about Russell Westbrook, right? He's been playing excellent recently. There's, There's no shape, way or form around it. We can't just not, Look, at, I know Joey Lynn's been saying it for months, but he's actually right now. You know, like, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he could uh, s- s- sell some popcorn on the street and he's the he's the greatest human being in the world. Like we get Russ is a great guy and he's a great basketball player. But I mean, Joey's right. He's been playing great basketball. It's translating to wins. And I I like Westbrook. He's always been a great person from LA gives back to the community. I'm glad he's doing well. He's going to have to continue to play like this for the Clippers to have a chance because we know Kawhi is going to be surgical. We know he's the best player in that series. In my opinion, I think he's the best player in the, you know, in other than postseason player, other than maybe LeBron, Steph. Maybe Jimmy Butler you put ahead of him. Like, I think he's maybe not. Like, Kawhi's up there, right? Like, give me Kawhi in that series. I know no Paul George. I know the bench is is limited. So maybe Bones doesn't get as many minutes or Terrence Mann. But still, I mean, I think the Clippers have a serious shot in this series. They just have to not play Marcus Morris. They don't play Marcus Morris, it could go six or something. They play Marcus Morris, son's in four or five. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's that simple. They're a 50-plus win team if they just sent Morris to Taiwan early on in the season.
2: Yeah, I... You know, this is probably my hottest take in the entire postseason. I just, it's not that I don't believe in Phoenix. I just don't understand the overwhelming, you know, amount of people just writing them into the finals. They're the favorites in the West. They, you know, they're the team to beat. Yes, they're 8-0 with Kevin Durant, but let's not forget That's a very, very small sample size, and that supporting cast is going to be asked to do a lot more in the playoffs. Teams are going to take away Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as much as possible and force DeAndre Ayton, force Chris Paul, force Josh Akoge, Torrey Craig to make shots and make plays, and are those guys capable of it?
0: I just, I don't think so. I don't think their supporting cast is good. By the way, worst bench of any contender in NBA history. Am I wrong? I would have to think
2: about it, but I think that you're on to something for sure. And also, Cameron Payne, who I think is an important part of their bench, he's hurt against the Lakers. I don't know if he'll be ready for Game 1. I got the Clippers in this series, and I think that it will be a long series. I think it will be a hard fight, but with the way Russell Westbrook has played recently... Consistency-wise, yeah, I'm terrified to you know, put my trust in Russell Westbrook, <laughs> but I do think he's turned a corner. I really do. He's getting more touches, and with more touches, typically he gets a little bit more consistent. And I do believe Kawhi Leonard... Is the best player in the Western Conference playoffs. I think this is the best that we've seen him play since Toronto. Maybe the best we've ever seen him play. And I can guarantee you, he's going to go at them offensively,
0: and he's going to make life difficult on the defensive end. He's for to Kevin Durant. Both. Ends. Yeah, I, I also wanted to ask you guys because I think the series that no, like I think probably the best series is Sacramento Golden State. I was actually, going just <sighs> All right. I mean, Bay Area thing.
1: One, one of our money buckets is in line of the Kings. Wait. Win the West? Wait, yeah, left. they have to win the West. Fifteen hundred. Uh, again, you, you got them when they were pretty low. And again, no one's really high on this team. I think the majority of people are, are, are obviously picking the defending champions, the Warriors, to beat Sacramento. They don't have to hop on a plane. I don't think. I mean, they have to just drive down to Sacramento. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with you because you like the Kings. Then they are now going up against the defending champions, who are, you know, again. Whenever a team that's gone to the number of finals and has won as much as Golden State, sometimes they sleepwalk through a season. Well, come playoff time, comes time for like their back against the wall,
2: it's a different team. How do you see the first-round matchup playing out? I think it's going to be an absolute war. I think both of these teams are going to think that we don't need to adjust. We're just going to do the fast-paced three-point shooting Better than the other team is. And honestly, in my opinion, that favors Sacramento because that's their bread and butter as much as it is Golden State's. We know that Sacramento struggles defensively, so now this series is going to be like, okay, you're going to shoot a three, we're going to come back down in three seconds and shoot one right back at you. It's going to be a shootout of epic proportions, and I think the winner of this series will win the Western Conference. And I know that that's going to sound controversial because, you know, if Sacramento wins, they still have to win two more series. But I just think that the the swag that they have, and it all started with Coach Mike Brown, I think that it's a real swag. Do I think they're going to win this series? Ah, this is a really tough matchup for them. I think it'll go seven. I don't know who to pick. Flip a coin.
0: If it goes seven, Sacramento's going to win.
2: The, the, the thing about Sacramento also is their home crowd advantage is going to be insane. But this matchup may limit it more than any other matchup. If they play the Lakers or the Warriors, you're going to have 20% of Warriors fans or Laker fans making noise.
3: Quick question for you guys, though, because I'm a huge proponent of, you know, if you've been there before. Um, so with that, wouldn't
0: the Warriors be a
3: little, have a little bit more of the advantage home, home court
0: or not? Well, they're 11-30 and 30 on the road, although it's not really a road game, so Jihei has a point. I mean, it's sort of a road game, but I mean, some people are joking on Twitter that you could play the Warriors, the Warriors could play at home and you just change the logo and they play <laughs> terrible. I mean, it's like, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, they've been there. Curry and Thompson are healthy, Wiggins is going to come back. The time to beat the Warriors is the first round. We have to all be Kings fans because if the Warriors get past the first round, they're going to go back to the finals. Yeah, that's a good point. And the- the Andrew
2: Wiggins point is one that we we should have brought up because, you know, this guy is going to be very rusty. Two and a half months, I believe, of no basketball. Now you're going to throw him into the fire in game one in Sacramento. Who's going to guard De'Aaron Fox is my question. Is it going to be Wiggins? Because if it is Wiggins, you know, you have no time to shake off the rust. De'Aaron Fox is going to be going downhill every possession, every chance he gets. I just can't wait to hear that home crowd and the NBA did us a huge favor by putting that on Saturday night primetime ABC game one and then Sunday we get the Potentially the Lakers and the Grizzlies wow. and the Clippers and the Suns will be on Sunday. Yeah. So next weekend it's going to be incredible.
0: Yeah. By the way, love that five days rest if the Lakers can win their first playing game. That's the big one, right? I think. I think. I think if
1: if they can find a way not find a way. I mean, yeah. Listen, like they're they're they are a six and a half point favorite at Circus Sports, and again they're going up against a team that's dealing with a lot of dysfunction right now. Uh, just like the worst possible timing for that for the Timberwolves. But again, we we been playing all season to get to this point and I think a team like the Warriors again we're, we're going to see a different team I think we're going to see Kawhi take it up a notch I think we're, we're going to see KD by the way has a lot to prove I, I think um, uh, what, what's happened this year and I, and I know we all hate it because we love the game so much a lot of these guys really don't. Certainly, the last week or so of the season has been really rough to watch. I mean, these guys kind of sleepwalk through the season. The league, by the way, coming out saying you have to play a minimum of 65 games to be like and NBA and do all these things. A lot of these players don't care about the regular season. It's just getting to the postseason. And so I really think, and I know we've predicted this. I mean, I would love to see a number of seven-game series. You know, Clippers, Suns, seven-game series. Maybe Lakers, Grizzlies, seven-game series.
0: And I want I want this playoff to, like, live up to the yeah. hype. It's supposed to be the greatest postseason in history, at least in the Western Conference. I mean, the Eastern Conference... Cavaliers man Don't sleep I know they get If they played the 76ers If they were the 3 seed They'd be in They could beat The Celtics in the second round Milwaukee's a little tougher So Yeah But I
1: mean Again we're finally here We're finally at the postseason And uh, Again I, 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 Despite the bet that I made, I, I really didn't think I would be here right now talking about the Lakers playing the playoff game. Um, I've, I've decided I'm going to enjoy my uh, wine during game one of that playoff series and just really enjoy it in front of Armani Buckets. <laughs> G.A. will be there. Maybe G.A. can select the wine. Brandon is a big wine kind of sort himself. I'm sure he'll be there as well. And maybe we'll put it on YouTube. Just remember, oh, one you oh no. night. <laughs> All right. Let's leave it there for <laughs> now. When we come back, we will be joined by Jesse Metcalf. That's right, you desperate housewives fan. Jesse Metcalf will be joining us when we come back right here on the Monday at ten ninety in Southern California, the in Las Vegas and the Hawaii
3: East Sports Radio Network.
0: We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clown with the
3: when we come around.
1: Welcome back to the Mark Marconi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 of Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right. We will go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline momentarily and be joined by Jesse Metcalf. Uh, but I will say this, and Jihei uh, did the conversation with me. Um, this was not, by the way, so this was not Jihei Wiley saying, I want a Desperate Housewife star, but really cool to get a carthrob um, like that. And by the way, so uh, when we recorded the conversation, it was via Zoom, and we didn't have to be on camera. Jesse was on camera, and I know Jihei must have been excited because, uh, by the way, I had no interest in being on camera. It was in the morning. Hair
3: wasn't brushed, so I was not on camera. But G. A. was on camera. Jesse Metcalf was on camera. Yeah, that is one good-looking dude. <laughs> like you get, you just can't deny it. He's just a very, very handsome gentleman. Brandon.
1: Have you seen his picture? Do you know what he looks like? No, I Brandon. do not. I don't know who he is. Okay, so Brandon's very good at judging how handsome the <laughs> man is. I think Jesse Metcalf is up there with your boy Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Is he actually? I've never seen a picture. Of him.
3: I, I think the only difference between him and Jimmy is the height, but. Other than that, he is a
0: very good looking guy. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, he's a handsome man, I guess. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, so um, yeah, he uh, and Connecticut boy That's right. freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean I, technically half and half He spent half his time in Connecticut um, Like from high school or I think college on and then he spent the other half in uh, northern, California yeah. in Carmel Valley So uh, yeah, he's he's a half-and-half. Half. That's why he's a I guess a Laker fan. He should be a Warriors no, fan so But is <laughs> because
1: on his bio it said he's a Knicks fan and a Lakers fan and he's a Cowboys fan and a Patriots fan. I said, Jesse, you can't. So he said he's a Cowboys fan and a Lakers fan, which is like me. So I'm, yeah. I'm both. And by the way, with pro football, we can be excused in Los Angeles. Brandon uh, grew up during the same you know time period where we did not have a pro football team. So he is a San Francisco 49ers fan. I'm a Cowboys fan.
0: Armand's um, a Bears fan.
1: But he spent time in Chicago. He's from Chicago.
3: And in- well, he went to Northwestern. I mean, <laughs> you can excuse Armand. a little bit all
1: over the map, and I've teased her about that over the years. She is a Clippers, Giants, We're
3: New York here. Giants, New
1: York Giants. That's right.
0: Duke, Duke, Duke blue. Oh, sure. that, that one it? confuses oh, no, that,
3: me. That one, I bleed. That though, by that's the way, the I bleed. I bleed blue. So like, it's been since. <laughs> I was eight years old that I've been bleeding blue. So I, I love it. And I also will say my family is from the South, a family from Louisiana, from North Carolina, from Atlanta. I have so family all over. So yeah. I'm all over the South. So you got to pick a side. That's the side I picked. So that is the story of why I'm a Duke fan. Everybody. Should I did pick, not go there.
0: The Tar Heel. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm absolutely not. There's already kidding. two people
3: on my family that have that side. So we need basketball another two player
0: ever played at North Carolina.
3: Oh, by the way, I did go and watch air last night. What you think? It's good. Uh, uh, um, i wish uh, that they would have <laughs> uh, <laughs> no 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 no! it's hey, a good we'll movie about it
1: when, when we get back after to yeah the, because it is it the hits and misses with the reviews it's either you love it or you don't like it i loved it because i thought it was a fun movie it uh was a comedy and i like comedies But really, truly, and we've played his interview a couple of times. Sonny Vaccaro is one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show. We'll have to have him again talking about his recruitment. Again, Michael Jordan wanted to have nothing to do with Nike. He did not want to be with Nike. He did not want to, you know, and then Sonny Vaccaro brought him in, changed the game. Uh, Real quick, by the way, more players in the league right now were Kobe's. Kobe's than Jordan's. But uh, all right. Let's now go to one of our, actually, the best-looking guests we've ever had on the show, Jesse Metcalf, talking about a big movie he has coming on um, Amazon Prime. Let's now hear from the man himself, Jesse Metcalf. All right, we are now joined by Jesse Metcalf. And uh, listen, I just watched this film on a wing and a prayer. It just came out on Prime Video. Jesse, thank you so much for joining
4: us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: This is such a fascinating story because it is my uh, this is what I dread for someone who uh, travels as much as I do. I mean, this is like a fascinating story where I don't want to give too much, but a civilian has to learn how to fly a plane in midair. And uh, if, if if you could tell us a little bit about the story, because you are from Connecticut. The story is based, or at least the, uh, the, the person you play is from Connecticut as well.
4: Yeah, this is a story about Doug White and the White family, uh, coming back, uh, from his brother's funeral, actually, to make matters even worse, uh, from Flor, he, he was flying from Florida back home to Louisiana, few minutes into the flight, the pilot has a heart attack and dies, uh doug who had interest in uh getting his pilot's license had only been on one practice flight and had to attempt to land this very complicated aircraft in terrible conditions um no one even in the control tower you knew really how to land this plane so they had to reach out to the the real life person that i play carrie Sorensen, um a laid-off pilot Uh, who had lost both his father and stepfather to plane crashes who happened to be an expert in this particular plane and was able to talk doug white down in order to save himself and his family
1: this is such a fascinating story as well so i read the real life story and it happens during this holiday weekend and as soon as uh, as he gets to this party, they say, this reads like a movie. This has to be a movie one day. And it really truly has become one. Well, what was this like to shoot this film? Because again, you're not with the other uh, the, um, actors, right? I mean, like, how did you shoot the, the film?
4: Okay, well, I mean, I, I had no knowledge of this news story despite the fact that the character I ultimately ended up playing was from Connecticut, my hometown, uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, but I definitely, uh, after reading the incredible script and being offered the role, had to do quite a bit of research on the man and also, you know, this the these true life events. Um, this one presented a lot of challenges because I never actually met Dennis Quaid or Heather Graham until last week wow. when I was pressed with them. So, I mean, you know, I, I had to play these very intense scenes opposite, uh, you know, our script supervisor or our second AD reading these lines off camera. You know, Dennis and Heather were stuck in one set while my character, you know, and uh, the, my character's girlfriend played by uh, Anna Anger Rich, were were stuck in in Carrie Sorensen's garage. Uh, so <laughs> you know, we're all kind of acting in a vacuum and to... To see how great it turned out in the end and how good the chemistry was, uh, you know, know, the the interplay between our performances, I think is really a testament to our, our great director, Sean McNamara, and our producers, Roma Downey and Autumn Bailey Ford.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's really an incredible story, and I encourage everyone to uh to check it out. This is a sports talk show, and I just got to tell you, we were in Houston for the Final Four. UConn had one of the most amazing tournament runs, and my producer and my co-host, G. Hay Wiley, who's a big Duke fan, as you can see, wasn't too thrilled. Jesse, being in Connecticut, are, I mean, have you adopted UConn? Are you a
4: fan of the UConn um, Huskies? From as long as I can remember... The UConn Huskies have been competitive. Uh, that's that's just so incredible um, to me. What a what an unbelievable uh, you know institution um, UConn is when it comes to uh, to their basketball program. Um, I, I, I found this year's uh, you know college basketball season, both the men's and the women's, to be incredibly uh, exciting and competitive. And uh, you know, it's 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 always fun to uh to see the Huskies, you know, take take it home.
3: Jesse, I gotta ask you a yes. little controversial <laughs> question. Sure. Being from Connecticut, I need to ask you something. Peppies or Sally's? I gotta know. Are you a Peppies or a Sally's person?
4: I'm probably a Peppies person.
3: <laughs> oh, I was really hoping for Sally's but That's okay. My uh, my my boyfriend is from Connecticut, so that's he he okay, cool. needed to, he needed to know. Um, and his family is also from Danbury, so love that area. Oh, it's really really awesome. Um, I wanted to switch gears and also ask you. You started your acting career on Passions, which, by the way, love that soap. I wish you guys never got canceled. I thought it was amazing. It was a mixture of a soap opera plus some fantasy as well. and in the middle of it all. Uh, How was that experience and how did it prepare you for this particular role, you know, that you are currently, that you currently just played?
4: Well, when I I got that role on uh, that daytime soap opera Passions, uh, I was at NYU uh, studying film and television, dropped out with only one semester to go and started my acting career. I was a relative non-actor. I had taken a couple acting classes in college so th- that five years that I spent on that uh, daytime television show was a great training ground for me. I mean, just the uh, the volume of material that you would shoot every day, you know, 20, 30 pages, uh, just, uh, you know, helped help me hone uh, my craft, really, and helped me get to where I'm at today. So I have nothing but fond memories uh, about being on that show. And, uh, you know, I, I still talk to some of the cast to this day.
3: I love that. Last question for you from me, at least. Um, Would you if they gave you the opportunity and they brought back passions, would you go back?
4: I think it would be something uh, something to consider. I I kind of think it's cool. You know, when you when you when you go back to another genre uh, and kind of re-explore that, I, I remember when James Franco did that a while back. And he, I, he he was like at the top of his career at that time. Uh, and he went back to daytime and was like on the cover of Soap Opera Digest. And I was like, what is this guy doing? But then, you know, in, in retrospect, it's kind of cool. Like it'd be kind of cool to go back to daytime and, you know, maybe win a Soap Opera Digest award or a daytime mm-hmm. Emmy or something, you know, and have a really cool um, storyline, you know, because I mean, Things have changed, you know, in the world, and there's probably uh, some some interesting, uh, even even edgier storylines to play within the genre. So I, I I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. Jesse Metcalf
1: joining us. On a Wing in a Prayer Prime video. Cannot recommend this enough. Uh Jesse, I have to tease you because I tease Jihei about this. Because I always tell her you can only be a fan of one team. And maybe Google is wrong. I by the way, that wouldn't be the first time. It says you're a fan of the Cowboys and the Patriots. You're a fan of the Lakers and the Knicks. Jesse, I the way that I tell Jihei you gotta pick one team. Explain, <laughs> explain yourself, my friend.
4: I'm a Cowboys fan. All right, there we go. Cowboys fan. But um you know, I, I I'm from New England. Uh, you know, it's it's an easy bandwagon to hop on, <laughs> or at least it was.
1: Jesse, was there a turning point in your career? What I love about the trajectory of your career is that a lot of times people get typecast. You know, he's very handsome, he's attractive. We're gonna, uh, but you have the, the acting chops. Was there a turning point in your career or your life where you're like, like I'm getting, like I'm gonna succeed at this thing?
4: Well, I I think um, success was kind of thrust upon me, and for a certain period of my career, things came pretty easily. But then I wanted more. Um, I wanted more mature roles, edgier roles with more depth, um, and I had to be deliberate uh, in breaking away um, from from other genres, uh, from other roles that were coming easily to me and being offered to me that were, were keeping my career in one place. Um, and, and I think that's really what the last couple of years has been about for me. It's been, it's been about breaking away from the matinee idol, um, stereotype and, uh, you know, finding, finding roles that will show another side of me and, um, you know, and propel my career in the direction that I want it to go.
1: I love that, because that was the one thing that I thought of while I'm watching this 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 film, and I'm saying, you know what an amazing you know, I mean like I'm getting like nervous watching this, and I'm like thinking, like what an amazing turn uh for you well, last two questions for you, is there a sports film that you'd like to be involved in in the future um is there a role? is there something that you'd like to do at some point?
4: well, um you know, now that you mentioned that i uh, <laughs> You know, I was recently the Grand Marshal uh, at at, at, a, at a, a race in Atlanta at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and uh, it was it's called the Am Better Four Hundred now. Uh, so I I ended up going to a little dinner for this healthcare company called Am Better, um, and I got the opportunity to meet Michael Waltrip. Wow! And you know he uh, he autographed a copy of his book for me it's called in the blink of an eye and i kind of got got to thinking and you know there hasn't been a you know a, a successful nascar film since days of thunder yeah and uh, this this story that michael waltrip tells in his book is 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 pretty pretty riveting so i thought uh you know maybe maybe somebody should adapt this maybe i should adapt this um but i would like to to see uh, another NASCAR movie, and I would like to be in it.
1: By the way, the one event that we're most looking forward to, we're on the air in Southern California, Las Vegas and Hawaii. Las Vegas, the Formula One is gonna take over the strip and me and Jihei are gonna be there. By the way, wait, so we have to talk about, Jihei was just in a race car herself, the Immaculate Grand Prix here in Long Beach. That is the only event that Jihei cares about, so I guess you have something in common there. Jesse, I can't thank you enough. This was such a, an amazing film, an inspiring film, and, and I love films that are true stories. So the, the first thing I did after I watched it, I Googled the names and I Googled this amazing
4: story. Cannot thank you enough. Thank you so of much. Course. My, my pleasure. I'm so glad you enjoyed the film. And uh, I hope uh, everyone out there uh, checks out on A Wing and a Prayer on Prime Video streaming now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Jesse Metcalf, an amazing conversation. Uh, Jihei, you mentioned before we went and uh, chatted with Jesse, you saw Air, Air, the movie, the, the recruitment of Michael Jordan by Nike. What did you
3: think? I thought the acting was stellar. It was great. Um, some people didn't make choices. I'm not gonna put them on blast. Um, I will say this. Everybody was saying it was gonna be the new Jerry Maguire of our time. They were dead wrong. <laughs> it was not. I think Jerry Maguire was a hundred percent better. Um I still, you know what, I'm one of those people that's on the fence, I'm like, I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't love it. Love it. Yeah, right. so um, there were a lot of missing holes, and I totally get the legality of everything, right? Yeah. Because I think that um, Jordan didn't give him permission for his likeness, so you didn't see Jordan in there. Oh, it was weird, because according yeah.
1: to i think that they talked to jordan about it but yeah i mean you don't really see michael you don't see the guy who plays michael jordan no and it's really about his parents about his mom in particular yeah so um but listen i i think if you're not a sports fan it's still a fun movie that I. And <laughs> I I, I don't think you have to be a Jordan fan or a sneakerhead to enjoy the film. Um, All right. We talked about this in the first segment, and it uh, deserves being brought up again. Rudy Gobert suspended for... Uh, Tuesday's game against the uh, the Timberwolves and the Lakers. The Timberwolves, guys. Brandon, I'll start with you. Um, again, worst time to be in a situation like this where, uh, again, he gets sent home during the game, threw a punch at a teammate, suspended for a play-in game. Again, it's not a do-or-die situation. The Timberwolves, with the loss, could still... Um, go to the postseason, but your thoughts now. No Rudy Gobert for the Timberwolves.
0: Um, I think this is actually, this is a hot take. I think it's worse for the Lakers okay. that he's not playing. Um, if you look at the win percentage for the Timberwolves, 600, six, like 667, basically, 66% win percentage without Rudy Gobert, 44%. With, yeah. I mean, he's an impediment on the offensive end. I know he plays defense. Uh, you're basically playing two centers on the court at the same time. One who can shoot, who's really a five, and if he's your five, you can dominate offensively in Cat, and then Gobert. and I, I think like it could, could go one or two ways. Now, no one can guard AD, right? So AD has to have a huge game. That was the big thing about Gobert playing. He's been playing better recently. He could have guarded Davis. Now he won't be able to. I still think now the Warriors offense is going to be great without him yeah they were 8-4 and four without Rudy
2: Gobert this season. Now, the, the question with Minnesota, when you subtract Nas Reed, you subtract Rudy Gobert, you subtract McDaniels, who's going to come off that bench for them? They don't have any bigs off the bench besides Luca Garza and Nathan Knight, which I don't know if you've heard of them, Mirage, but they're, <laughs> I don't blame you if you haven't because they're G-leaguers. Okay. So that's hey, Knight's be, pretty good. Knight, they're, they're not bad players, but Anthony Davis should feast. Now, who comes off that bench? A name to keep your eye on for Minnesota City. Mistake. can Jalen Noel play? Because if he can play, he at least gives them a, a score off the bench, something. Because right now, it's going to be Conley, Edwards, Prince, Anderson, Town starting, and they might all have to play 40 plus
0: minutes if Minnesota wants to have a chance. By the way, I would have rather played New Orleans. It's a hot take. Minnesota beat us at home last time we played them. I know it was uh, without, LeBron, team, without, LeBron, without LeBron, yeah. but still, we beat New Orleans. We were leading by 50 the last time we played them.
3: I mean, I don't think that's much of a hot take. I think I'd rather play New Orleans, too.
0: No, come on, guys.
3: Listen, but you're going up a, a, a
1: team in the midst of yeah. dysfunction. Like, and they still I, won
0: somehow in the midst of the fun- dysfunction against right, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I know. I the know.
1: Lakers are By the way, you're right. They Someone got punched and
0: they still won. <laughs> they yeah. All
1: right. Man, I, I, I'm pumped up. We've been talking about this all year and we're finally here. Playoff time. Lakers are back in up. The Clippers are back in up. It's going to be fantastic. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
3: Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the
1: hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend. Trump lost
3: on a blind to a broken man's dream.